eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, welcome back. Silver and Black today, the post-game edition. The Raiders, uh, they lose to the Miami Dolphins 20-13, to a game that was both fun to watch and difficult to watch if you're into the Raiders because the Raiders' defense did so well. And really, I think the two words that best describe this game are missed opportunities. And we're going to talk all the way through that. Uh, I'm Scott Branson, your host, joined by our good friend, Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. Uh, you can follow him on x.com at underscore Murph, M-U-R-F. I am at underscore L-V Gully, and the show is SNB Today. We are an Odyssey original podcast. Make sure if you don't already subscribe to the show, please do so wherever you get your audio. The same goes for Raiders Fan Radio, where you can find their podcast as well. Uh, and if you're on the YouTubes with us tonight, please do me a favor and subscribe and hit the notifications bell. All right, we jump into this game, Irv, and uh, the Raiders, you know, they were coming in almost 14-point underdogs to this high-flying Miami Dolphins offensive team, which can put up points like there's no tomorrow. We saw them put up 70 against Denver earlier in the year. Last few weeks, they were coming off a bye, of course, but the few weeks before that, they were having a little more trouble. Uh, they lost, of course, Devane A-Chain to an injury. He was lost again during this game to, due to an injury. But the Raiders had their hands full going out to Miami. There's no question. Everybody knew that. All Raider fans were realistic. But they said, hey, why not us? Why can't we go out and upset this team? And you could argue they had every opportunity to do so. Just couldn't get offense rolling. The offense uh, all day today outside of the big pass to Devontae Adams at the beginning of the game. It kind of fizzled from there. Aiden O'Connell, and we'll get into the numbers uh, as we go along here in the show. Uh, we'll get into the numbers to talk about how well he did uh, in the first half compared to the second half where he struggled more. And then, of course, the offensive play calling also. But what we want to do is uh, we start out first with our Voice of the Fan segment. We turn it over to Murph here. Murph, uh, watch this game. I know you had a bunch of people over 
uh, there at the fan cave or outside the fan cave, uh, right above where you have all the nicer stuff. Uh, but l- <laughs> tell me your thoughts on this game. Raiders really, they lose by seven, but had so many opportunities to really go up in this game and, and to put the Dolphins away, who Dolphins still uh, put up points, put up obviously yards in offense. But this Raiders defense did an amazing job of shutting them down. Talk a little bit about your feelings here after this loss as the Raiders moved to five and six. You know, it's uh, it's interesting, Scott. I didn't I didn't expect us to win this game. You know, we we've had, and I don't know what the exact record on the road has been lately on the on the East Coast, but it hasn't been great. Frankly, it hasn't been great for a very very long time. The Raiders have struggled to play in the early game, anyways, on the East Coast, and now so so heading to Miami, headed against you know headed up against a high powered offense like what like what we're um, like what we're used to seeing. Uh, out of out of the Miami Dolphins, and I know there was some knocks against the Dolphins in terms of the, the teams that they'd beat throughout the course of the year. But anyways, still, I, I thought it was a tall task for the for the Raiders to come in and slow these guys down. But then they did, and then we didn't have an opportunity offensively to put up a lot of points. And I thought that you know the, at least the collective you know comments around the room from fellow Raider Nation, from my fellow co-hosts of, of Raiders Fan Radio, that are that are uh, those that are still hanging around. Michelle's still over there, and Lamont and. Uh, their son Devin is hanging out over here and Darius. And so anyways, we're still just kind of like the, the, the collective conversation around all of us has been that, you know, the Raiders just didn't get anything going offensively. And it was the play calling we weren't in love with. And hmm. listen, I don't know enough about the X's and O's and Bo Hart agrees, you know, you know, whatever the, the specifics and the strategy of their offense. But when you have short yard to gain short yards to gain for first downs and you're spreading everybody out and Josh Jacobs isn't even back there and, I just, I don't know. I thought that was questionable. And then one of the things that, and we kind of had our, a little bit of a debate going on amongst ourselves. I'm not a, listen, I know we all want touchdowns. Al Davis said, I don't want first downs. I want touchdowns, but dang it, kick a field goal once in a while. I mean, I'm just thinking that even though we kind of came up short there at at the end, that would have been in the Raiders, uh, you know, could have been an opportunity for them to get in scoring position and kick a field goal to potentially win the game. I don't love all the fourth down calls. And and then when you are going to go for it on fourth down, if it's short yard, just give it to Josh Jacobs. Like, what are we doing? Like, what, what's what's with the freaking the, the shotgun delayed handoffs and things like that? So, anyways, all that said, it was a little bit of a tall task. Scott, I don't think anybody in in, in Raider Nation, despite the high that we were riding on with, the, with Antonio Pierce, you know, coming in and kind of the resurgence of the Raiders, I don't think any of us expected to win the next two games. But I think a lot of us would think that it was opportunistic for us to win one, and maybe the one is 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 at home against the the Kansas City Chiefs. First time we're going to see the Chiefs this year, and uh, and so I'm fired up. I mean, there is no such thing as as moral victories. There are there are no good losses. None of us feel good about it. But I think that within context, I can at least still find some positivity, some things to root for, and some things to take into next week. And hopefully we can capitalize on that. Because, again, I know everyone's sad sacking, and I can't see the chat right now, but I'm assuming all of you in there are are on your freaking the mope wagon right now. But I will tell you this, that could flip around in one week when we play the Chiefs. And if we knock on the Chiefs, all of a sudden this is a whole different narrative again. Yeah, and listen, I agree with you there, too. And I think the chat overall is pretty good. Very, very factual and very on target, in my view, at least, uh, with what went on in this game. And if you think about it, look, uh, the Raiders had every opportunity, and that's why we said missed opportunities. And, And to me, look, you're right, no moral victories, 
But I do think that this team at where it's at right now under Antonio Pierce versus if this was five or six weeks ago, you know, I don't know that it would have been in the same position it was, especially the defense. The defense has come on so strong. And we saw this defense play after play after play today, really make stops, create turnovers. And then the Raiders just could not capitalize on them. And there's many reasons for that. You talked about the play calling. And I think that's that's one area what I was very vocal online about during the game, which is that the Raiders have some play design that is just not good. Okay. When you look at it, and I've been I've been trying to educate myself because like you, I'm not a full X and O's guys. We have lots of guys out on there on YouTube who do all these great breakdowns of video. Some of them are former players, some of them are just fans or analysts in the space. But the more I watch, I'm trying to learn more about it. And the more I watch is like when you have a third and eight and you have an in route to Hunter Renfro that is a five-yard route, what are you doing? Like those types of things. Or first half, the, 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 the quick screen passes that lost yardage every time. So you do it one time, okay, you lose yards. Then you do it another time because you see something. I'm assuming Bo Hardegree saw something. So they try it again, lose yards again. Try it a third time, goes nowhere, okay? So... My my point is you have to be more aggressive, especially as the game went on when the Dolphins were not putting up the numbers they used. I mean, they, they lost A-Chain, of course. They lost Tariq Hill for a long time there between the first and second half until he came back. And you're, you're running plays that, number one, A, don't give your quarterback the best opportunity to succeed. Number two, are not addressing or not going forward. I thought Bo Hardegree took a big step backwards today versus yeah. what we saw the previous two weeks. And yeah. as somebody pointed out, listen, the Dolphins, somebody would say, oh, Dolphins is, t- defense isn't very good. No, the Dolphins defense is pretty good. They're, they're almost top 10, right? They're about top 10 and um, they have a lot of speed, especially in the secondary. So I'm not saying that they are as good as the Jets defense, but still you have to play against a good defense and you have to give your opportunities out there. And I thought he, he was not creative as he was. We saw a lot of the old Josh McDaniel stuff come back. Look, the playbook's the same. Yes, they put a twist on things and they use things differently. They don't change the playbook. It's not a new playbook when they took over. So to me, that was really disappointing, especially against a team that where you're outgunned basically on offense. So you have to be aggressive. Now, they started to be aggressive at times. To me, it was all about timing. Get aggressive uh, when you have a fourth and two and then you're throwing down the field late in the game like those types of things I, yeah. I, I have a question there i just don't understand it and look he is a rookie play caller this is only his third game calling place so i think that was exposed today uh as were some of the other weaknesses including aiden o'connell's who did well in the first half second half not so much and his lack of mobility showed in the second half because when the pocket collapsed he didn't really have the opportunity can he get better absolutely and you know, we've we've been fans on this show of his saying, hey, give the guy time to develop. But you also saw his limitations. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I thought, wow, what an excellent lead-in because I'm, I'm sitting here taking notes as you're talking. I wrote down exposed because I think that there is 
There is yes, a, a you know a version of of the Raiders taking a step back in terms of some areas, but there's also a version of them getting exposed in some areas. And I thought that that, that not only the play calling, but unfortunately, I think Aiden O'Connell was kind of exposed. What were the knocks against him? Right, the knocks against him was mobility, as you mentioned. You know, there was a lot of plays today where he seemingly had plenty of time. And we we have our our our, our resident quarterback around here, uh, Jeff Murphy, who played it. At, uh, at Middle Tennessee State University. Every great guy, group of five guy. Shout out the group of five guys podcast. But anyways, he's in here and he's going, get out, get out, get out. He's screaming at the yeah. TV like, get out of the pocket. Go, 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 go. But what was the knock against Aiden O'Connell yeah, coming out of college was that he didn't have that mobility and that showed up today. The other thing that came up today, and and, and again, much respect to, to, to Jeff Murphy on this for kind of bringing – awareness for me on this because I, I am a layman when it comes to the play of quarterback and the not necessarily but you know what I'm saying like in terms of like specifics the mechanics of things and so on that first screenplay that you mentioned that one that went out there to Devontae and it was it's seemingly off coverage but then the, the 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 defender starts to creep up and I asked Jeff I'm like so what do you do there as a quarterback he goes well you got two or three plays called on the huddle he goes you got to call out of that and he goes and if you don't you got to put that ball in his belly. You got to put it down low. If you put anywhere up here where he's got to go get it, it's too late. You got to put it down here where he can go. And so is that now not only with that one to Devontae, but I think we saw one to Trey Tucker as well. Is this now when we talk about Aiden O'Connell's, I don't want to say lack of arm strength because we know he can push the ball downfield, but everybody in the NFL that you ever that you talk to and people that are passing experts the strength of your arm comes into play much more on the out stuff how quick yeah, it's hard you to throw a rope to the sideline right. versus throwing one 60 yards downfield so we saw now Bo Hardegree is calling in these plays is it is it is it fair to question like why you keep calling this thing when clearly we don't have a quarterback or at least not today that can make this throw why are you still going to that and Aiden O'Connell you got to be able to make that throw. That's a that's a pro football throw right there. If you can't make that throw in the NFL, if you can't you know hit that bubble screen, then we're in for a long season. But I, you know, I don't know, and and that's what we'll have to find out. Is it is it lack of ability, or did he have a bad day? Was he just putting it? Was was he just you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and I think I mean, look, you could look at a couple different decisions that he made that were not good decisions, and some throws he didn't make. The, the pick that he he had down the middle of the field where he's trying to get it to uh, Tucker, I think it was in the third quarter, and he throws the ball behind him. If he throws the ball in front of him enough, it might even be a reception. So that you know, but but you expect that from a rookie. Like that's that's okay from the perspective of okay, you see what happens there. But there are other things to your point, and I and 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 you're right. Not only checking out of plays and having the confidence to do that, which we've seen him do before. It just seems to me the game plan today for this team coming in on offense, they go long to to Adams to start the game, and that was great. It worked out perfectly. But then they get really conservative, right? So suddenly yeah, this finger yeah, gets yeah, tight, yeah. and they go they they get all reserved, and then they couldn't establish the run again. Thirty five ru- yards running. Rushing today. Uh, uh, let me double check on 35. I think it was 35 the last time I checked. Uh, it, 36. I was wrong. 36. With your sphincter comment, Michelle just died over there. <laughs> 36 yards rushing. And listen, we know this Raider team cannot, especially with the rookie quarterback, they cannot be successful rushing for 36 yards. You can't. So they right. never got Josh Jacobs going. So problem number one. Number two, the, the, the quarterback errors. Yeah, you saw it there. But I always go back again to set the quarterback up to be successful. 
So when you're on fourth and two, why are you look, I don't have any problem being aggressive, but at fourth and two with the game on the line, why are you going deep? Like, why not find you had Michael Mayer for the most part open in little routes the whole game, and you don't go to him in that case. You had you saw what Renfro did towards the end of the game. He usually squeakles out. And so so to me, the, it's a combination of the quarterback learning. And look, he's going to learn. And I, I'm not criticizing him from the standpoint of saying he's awful or anything like that. But you you got to know his limitations. And you saw them because when the pocket collapses, he can't create. Somebody was arguing, well, Tua is not a mobile quarterback either. I'm like, what? He, mobile does not mean run. Mobility and being mobile, different things. You have to have the mobility to move around. It was a criticism of Derek Carr before, right? We saw it over the last nine years with him or eight years with him. So there's there's issues there. And, and that all just comes together, especially when you're facing a situation like this. So that was a difficult piece, I thought, was just watching. And look, you expect a quarterback to mistakes. He also did great in the first, first half. He was very, very efficient. You saw some nice throws. And so you're going to see mistakes like that. But again, you got to put him in the right position to succeed. And the Raiders, unable to run the ball, didn't do that. So then they had to do that. So they'll address that. And Aiden O'Connell will get better. Look, he's going to learn from his mistakes. The last interception, again, um, you're, you're, you're fourth down. You're going down the field. I get the shot. It was a third down, actually. You're, you're going for the shot, uh, but you got you to gotta watch it, man. You, you got to extend the game as much as possible. And that's the other thing I'll get to, and I want to get your comments on this, because I just, at the end of the first half, clock management was brutal. Oh, okay? yeah. It was brutal, and they had timeouts, and they did not manage the clock well there was no urgency i think one play as the clock was ticking it took them like 19 or 20 seconds can't do that you got to move then at the end of the game the same thing they have no timeouts they get the ball back and where are the out routes i mean i it's not that they ran them and they weren't open if that happens that's fine like sometimes you can't get it there but i didn't see them now i have to go back and watch the film maybe i'm wrong but i didn't see any like you have no time left on the clock they hit the one to adams on the outside which was good but there was no other thing. So again, it's just a weird game plan. And I thought Bo Hardigree really struggled and the players paid the price for that. Players obviously own the play on the field too when they can't make plays. But it was just from an offensive standpoint, just a really rough day for this team. Yeah, and, it's, and so that middle eight, right? Um, uh, you hear coaches talk a lot about this middle eight now and I think it's, I, people hate it when I bring them up, but it started with Belichick. That, that, that last four minutes of the half and the first four minutes of the half and what can you do in terms of scoring opportunities uh, with that because it's it's a such a it's a powerful uh, eight minutes uh, to, to have control of and so with, with the Raiders lack of success in there and I don't know, shut up maybe somebody like Josh DeBow or something that would have a stat on the Raiders middle eight but it hasn't been great and, and I think that it would be important for us to capitalize in those situations and is like you're talking about the Raiders didn't do anything effective there in, in, the, in that, you know, the last four and the first four. And you brought up Hunter Renfro, and this is another one that, that was another big name that was circling around the room tonight and here in the fan cave was, why are we not going to him on the on these, he, 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 what, I, and I don't know his numbers, but it was like four or five or something like that. Like he had, a, he had a pretty good game when they threw the ball to him. When you look at the amount of targets that he had versus Devontae, uh, and, and granted, they're they're pressing Devonte further down the field than they were Renfro, but still, like, let's get it. Like that that's the that's the time on fourth and two. That's that should be Hunter Renfro time, and, and that's not when you want to. And and especially, and I don't even remember what the down and distance was, but the one where that was deep uh, uh, to Trey Tucker on on on. Well, I remember it was fourth down. 
Yeah. Why are we going to our shortest receiver in double coverage down the field? And I and that's where I wonder. And and again, bring it back to O'Connell a little bit. The kind of again exposed. And I don't know if that's straight decision making or if that's play calling by Bo Hardegree. But why move away from the things that are successful? And why take so long? to get to them to begin with. If you're going to have a guy like Hunter Renfro on the, on the roster, don't just let him do everyone's taxes. Like let's get him some more freaking catches in the first half, you know? <laughs> yeah. He had five targets, five receptions, 42 yards. So every time yeah. the ball was thrown to him, he caught it. That's uh, including the big, nice long run he had. Uh, all right. We're going to take a real quick break. When we come back here on silver and black today, we're going to get to the defense. We got to talk about this defense and then we'll get back to some of the other issues uh, here on the post game show. You're with Murph and Scott. This is silver and black today. Don't go anywhere.